Heaven High. Hello and welcome to Wrongdoings from across the Atlantic. At least one of us is and the other one is still in the old country. Hang on a second, why is your wife and daughter back? I thought you were back home with them. No, I stayed for a few days extra because I have business to do in my suit and tie. But I shall be back <laughs> I shall be back on Thursday. Where are you right now? I'm in the Republic of New York. In which building? I'm in the building next to the Beacon Theatre. So if are you I, in then, the Empire State Building? Yes, I'm in the Empire State Building, which has suddenly moved to near 72nd Street. Good. Good. This is episode 170. <laughs> it is. Podcast at rumdoings. Can you tell us what the topic is today, please? The topic today is... Oh, I still haven't remembered. I thought it would have come back to me by now. I had a really good one. Go on, then. Um, what could it be? Come on, let's do it now, live. Live on air. Okay, live on air. Um, is it about time that paint companies stop pretending that every variegated shade has a unique and evocative name. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I guess what I heard on the radio today, on not only on the radio, but on you and yours. What did you hear? I thought it was amazing. A guy has finally and conclusively proven that wine tasting is a big pile of stinky old tits. How did he do it? Um, he has been very cleverly going into wine competitions for the last few years and entering the same identical wine three times and getting judges to drink the same exact wine three times. <laughs> and they've been dismissing it as rubbish and they've been giving it golds for the same wines. Oh, excellent. Well, it's what and we knew. Doing it year after year. And judges who didn't make mistakes, like ten, he said 10% in a year, would correctly identify the same wines again. But then the following year, the same judge would then just be as completely back wrong as everyone else. Oh, excellent. So it's completely pseudoscientific nonsense. Yes, why it is, it. as you would imagine, just a scam. So you've got to assume that all the ones what get famous for doing it um, and go, oh, yes, I can tell that this is a New Zealand wine from 1763. Yes. Are uh, probably, cold, probably cold or hot reading the wines. Yes. Actually, it is. It, it, that's right. It's, it's basically spiritualism. I think so. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to hear that that nonsense has finally been knocked out of the park. I've always I, assumed it was a big pile of old stinks. I mean, I think you can tell that there is a wine that tastes rougher than another wine, and that's about it. I don't think you can tell anything else. Well, and if, I don't think you can tell that either. I think it's just how your taste buds are lined up that morning. It's all, it all tastes absolutely revolting. <laughs> that's the simple way to identify it. How's married life treating you? <laughs> really? Three years in, gosh. Yeah, exactly. How have you had the three year itch? <laughs> no, I'm waiting I'm waiting for seven years to itch. Okay. And then you put on some special cream. Oh my goodness, Laura's bump now does pokey pokes on its own. Bits stick well, she, out. Well she she complained uh, a few months back that she didn't have the proper bump and in a recent photo it looks like she's got the proper bump now. It's only in the last week it's finally kicked in. Literally kicked. Indeed. It's quite fun. You can. Uh, we were watching her tummy last night and bits were like poking out. Little elbows being jabbed. She's not enough room yeah, mummy. My mum said that before I was born, she was able to count my toes. Goodness. And fortunately, that sounds fun. Fortunately, you had enough. So did, did, you, did you hear about how... Six uh, on each foot, just like 
God intended. Did you hear how um, ISIS killed uh, the women yesterday? They, 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 they put her between two cars. They tied two of her limbs in one car and two of her limbs in the other car, and then they drove the cars apart. It's, I don't even want to acknowledge this, the whole thing. Lots of crucifixions are going on. I prefer... Uh, no, I prefer reality without them, thanks. But what? You mean you don't even like the many, many, many women and children who've been buried alive? Surely you no. like that one. Nor the beheading. I don't like beheading either. No. Well, that, that, that was, what was very upsetting about that beheading, not that I've watched it, but I, I heard an extract well, of the Well, it's a good job you haven't watched it, because the uh, governmental man said today that it's tantamount to terrorism. To watch, you could be, you could be guilty under terrorism laws if you watch the video. Well, I heard an extract of the voice, and it's a British, it's a British Muslim who's speaking, yes. which is very sad. Very I don't... Sad. I, don't it, I mean, it's... It's, I don't understand why it's more sad than if he were born anywhere else. Because the whole argument here to fall with a lot of people has been, if you're in and enculturated at a Western society, you're less likely to be susceptible to that sort of nonsense. we already knew that's rubbish. Bin Laden went to Oxford. We know this. this is I normal, know, but, but, but things are supposed to have improved since then. Yeah, oh, you know, he's in a complete different generation from Bin Laden. It means that none of the lessons have been learned since Bin Laden's time and things are... St- as bad or worse than they were. That's the sad bit. What is it? I, I want, are there, what lessons can a university learn? Is it not just the case that we're all constantly having to relearn the lesson that terrorists are often very smart? No, I think the lesson that we have to learn is that ideologies are much stronger than we give them credit for, and the Western uh, allure is much weaker than we assume. The kind of blue jeans and freedom okay, hypothesis yeah. the blue jeans and freedom hypothesis has basically failed there are other ideologies which we don't like which are more powerful and we mustn't assume that merely imbibing imbuing people in western culture will mean that they are immune from other stronger uh, memes and i think a lot of people thought you remember the fukuyama's death of history thought well western liberalism's one that's the end of the fact no it's not I don't think I've ever owned a pair of blue jeans. Does that mean I'm a terrorist? I think it basically means you're a communist and a terrorist. Wow, both. You really never owned a pair of jeans. No, I've owned, I've owned black jeans many times. Why not blue? I don't... Uh, they've never suited me. Do you think I've they'll always, suit you now? No, I've always found blue jeans... To the, I've never liked blue jeans. I've always found them a bit weird. You probably... Laura has blue jeans and she seems to look fine in them, so I'm not sure what my logic is. You probably look like some um, Alabama serial killer in trucker in blue jeans. <laughs> right now, I do. Right now, my beard is amazing. It, is it already a um, sort of a man, madman stuck in a shack in a forest beard? Yes. Excellent. It's, it's, it's just arrived there. In fact, I did today trim back the moustache bit a little bit because it was very annoying growing over my top lip. I'm told that these days the sign that men are growing beards again is an indication of a crisis in masculinity. Are you having a crisis with your masculinity, John? No, no. Well, you know, we've talked before about why I'm stuck with a beard. Because you're overcompensating. No, it was because I was, I, I was, I grew my stuff. You, everyone, ladies, you don't want to be my wife because I've been <laughs> single for, you know, most yeah. of my 20s and was continuing yeah. into my 30s. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm just going to grow a big, stupid beard so no one will ever love me. 
And then that's when I met Laura. And uh-huh. now she's like, oh, I can't, I can't stand you without the beard. It looks so weird. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I she, just... That's offensive. She doesn't speak like that. Sorry. Uh, and uh, what's the cleanest shaven you've been of late? Oh, gosh. Well, did I, <laughs> one time early in the relationship, Laura and I had a massive fight, like a huge falling out, nearly a relationship ending scenario. Uh, last Tuesday, that was. <laughs> it was a bit about three months into the relationship, which is yes. always when I sabotaged all my previous relationships three months in. You try your best. I do. I did. I tried my best this time, but I couldn't I couldn't shake this one off. But I couldn't ruin this one. Um, also, this one wasn't with a mad person, so that helped. Well, you don't know. She might suddenly turn mad once still, she's had There's the still time. There's still yeah. time. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so I shaved the beard off then as an, mm-hmm. in an, as an act of aggression. <laughs> so now, whenever I shave my beard off, it always has this horrible resonance of an aggressive act. You're an aggressive, nasty man. I know that's how aggressive I get. I get to the point where I'll actually have a shave. That's how right. that's how much my rage gets out of control in my I'm, life. I'm going to be violent to my follicles. <laughs> that's right. Take that, wife! Shh. <laughs> um, oh, so you, use, you use an electric shaver, do you? Uh, I have. I use both. Which do you so prefer? I, uh, well, to to shave, shave obviously wet shave, dry shaving, electric shave is awful for that. But because I'm mostly just trimming now. Mm-hmm. The wet shave is no good. I have to wet shave my the gap between the bottom of my chin and the start of my chest. Which right. I think some people call a neck. Yes. I have to shave. I have to wet shave that bit. Otherwise, it all just joins up, and people confuse me for carpeting. Of course. Yes. Oh, update of mad people in the US. Oh yes. Um, Do- I, I was on the west coast, as you know. And of course, San Francisco and even Berkeley is is full of the a carpet. town where the streets are paved with the homeless. Yes, carpets of them basically, mm-hmm. and of course you expect that because that's from the liberal state of California. But then I came to New York, and it's almost as bad now. And it hadn't been like this a couple of years ago. Something's really changed in the last few years. Um, it's like I don't know what it is whether. Giuliani's um, last attempts to hide it are now broken and it's all come back into the streets again or something. I'm not sure, but it's every second block now you've got some mad person or some homeless person or some broken-legged veteran begging. And uh, it's quite Calcuttan, really. And nobody cares, of course. No, no, no. Well, they're blind, as we've discussed before. Mm, yeah. It would be like, it would be like noticing... Um, those little uh, those little grates in the road in the road for accessing gas mains and stuff. That said, I did get a slice of Junior's uh, xylitol sweetened cheesecake, which was very nice. <gasps> oh, makes me sad. Did you get any of those crisps you were so excited about the other day? I did. I got three bags of different flavors. Oh, I, man. I had the barbecue flavor for breakfast today. That's how naughty I am. <laughs> were they good? <laughs> They were good. They're a bit. They're a bit. It's a bit like you know those Smiths baked crisps. In other words, they've got that bake thing, but they but they're properly crunchy. They're not kind of disappointing. You know, they crunch a lot. And we used another bag when Victoria was still here to dip into some guacamole and yummy guacamole. So these are, in case people have forgotten, um, crisps that are primarily proteinous and 
uh, and and not primarily sugar. Very. I, very I, can't, I think it's nice. a little unfair to accuse the listener of having forgotten, since we only discussed this off or, or in email previously. I thought they were monitoring all our emails. Oh, that's true. They probably are. Yeah. Oh, talking of it, which, you emailed through a recipe for some sweets, some, uh-huh. and it was fat sweets. It was someone's. Oh, this is my most popular recipe. Yes, they were revolting. Did like, you not make one? Spit it back out your mouth. Disgusting. You probably cocked up the recipe. You I know didn't. What you're like. I, I I even ordered some uh, liquid uh, liquid uh, stevia at long last. I don't really like stevia. No, it's not very good. It's, it, it tastes it, a bit it's, like licorice. It's a, well, it tastes a bit like a spa team. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the bitterness in my tongue is not fooled by stevia nearly as well as it is by xylitol. Well, xylitol doesn't have any uh, bitter aftertaste because it just stimulates the same parts of the taste bud that uh, sugar does. But the problem with stevia is that, and apparently it's also a genetic thing, you know, a bit like those pieces of paper where if, for some people it tastes bitter and for some it doesn't. Apparently, with stevia, it's like that as well. The, some of the compounds, some people can detect and others can't at all. And sadly, you can detect them. Yes. And so, so can I, to a degree. So Ugh, there we are. What a disaster. <laughs> but fortunately, even Tesco sells xylitol now. It's interesting, that, isn't it's it? It's bizarre. One, there's I, only one make. I found it in Waitrose as well. Yes, it's, the, uh, it's in that greenish sort of bag, I know. Yes. The interesting thing about I, I have actually tested uh, xylitol on myself with the breath ketone monitor. It genuinely doesn't seem to affect your ability to burn fat. So, but I'm worried. I mean, it is too good to be true. One day we'll find out that it gives you wee wee cancer. Something it does? like that. Well, we'll find out. Just to be punished oh, for see. something to be too good to be true. No, no, you're right. Well, no, the too good to be true is it does make your your poopies come out in an awful hurry. It it, it should you should adapt to that because what that indicates. You should, but I never do. Well, that means your gut biome's in a bit of a state. Well, we know that already. It's true. Uh, because apparently, if you've got the right sort of bacteria in your gut, then they just use it as food and it's fine. Whereas at the moment, it's the wrong sort of bacteria and it just flushes you through. So, yes, your gut's in a terrible state and you should have it removed and replaced with somebody whose isn't. And you know the way to do that? You get a fecal transplant. Yes, it's true. Why don't you get one? Oh, I should go like shit. It, I'll give you some of my poo-poo. Oh, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> yes. What, what do you like with liver? My own or other people's? Eating it. Are you okay with it? I don't like the taste. I find it the far too um, battery tasty. You see, I'm okay with chicken liver because I grew up with it. But I agree with you with... Um, I mean, it's a, it's a pity because it's nature's multivitamin and they're so mm. nutritious. But uh, I can eat chicken liver and I love uh, things like foie gras, which of course is goose liver. But no, um, beef liver or calves liver, it starts to get a little bit too battery, as you say. It tastes a little bit like having a nosebleed. Or like like licking an old door key. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. So, but do you know who I, w- I feel sorry for? For whom do you feel sorry? The person who says, oh, why would you ever lick a key? And, and having never known what it's like to put a key in your mouth. It doesn't matter, though, because those people have all been removed. Have they? They are. The ice has killed them. They're gone. <laughs> wow. They, I think to, if, you, if that's your reaction to say, oh, well, it means you're not busy enough, because busy people often have to put their keys in their mouth. Yes, exactly. Have you ever licked a, uh, a pencil sharpener? No, I've never licked a pencil sharpener. You know, one of those metal ones, the, mm. the magnesium ones. Oh, try that. You'll get a surprise. Ew. Mm. 
a very sexy surprise. <laughs> um, so uh, I, while I was here, indeed while mm. I was in San Francisco, I tried natto. Oh yes, now you, now I don't believe you. Whatever you're going to say, I don't believe you. It was fine. No. It was, it was fine. But you watch these you watch these YouTube videos of these Americans trying it. It's it's basically fermented uh soybeans which are very good because they're a good source of vitamin K2 and various other things. And if you ever watch a and it's a the Japanese like it but it's very rarely available in the west even in Japanese restaurants because it's it's such an a, a quiet texture and taste. So I was fairly trepidatious and I tried it and the smell was barely there and the flavor was just slightly, um, very slightly cheesy. Uh, and I realized the reactions that Americans have to it online are probably the same reactions that they'd have if they tried to eat a, a, a ripe brie or a stilton or a stinking bishop or something. There is a real um, suspicion of and distaste for that sort of ripe fermented flavor uh, and that's why if you've ever had an american cheese a so-called sharp cheddar which just tastes like a rubber um you'll you'll understand that so i would but recommend actually, american cheese is mm-hmm. processed slices of cheese that's, that's what they call it american so it's just a bizarrely kind of self-deprecating yes title oh yeah the american version of cheese is the plastic square that comes uh, on your burger but that said, I mean, you might not like it either. I mean, you hate Marmite and that sort of stuff. Have, Marmite is revolting, obviously. Yeah, can, can you eat strong cheeses? I love L- strong cheeses, yes. What, like, like blue cheeses and things like no, that? I don't like blue cheeses, but mm, I do yes. love a good stinky brie or, or that sort of thing. Then I, th- I think you wouldn't have a problem with natto. And the other thing with natto, of course, is its texture. And it, it basically, you, you lift up one of the beans from with your chopsticks and it creates a tiny little cobweb from the bowl to your chopsticks to your mouth, and it will go about half a meter, um, and it floats about in the air and so on. And Is that it, because it's made out of spiders? Yes, of course. Uh, and of course, that puts people off as well. Uh, but the spiders, think, yeah, the spiders. But then again, your wife's giving birth to a nest of spiders, so you That's have to come to terms with that. <laughs> That's true. I opened a packet of um, peppers, condoms, peppers. <laughs> no, no. Um, nature's doing its own job there. Yes. Um, Open a packet of peppers. Pick a pick a pickle pickle peppers. A pickle peppers. Pick a pickle, pick. Thank you, because I was about to do the Peter Piper thing, and you saved me from the effort. I, I when I when I was a kid, I figured out that that um, uh, tongue twisters aren't actually a problem. You just go Peter Piper picked a pickle pickle peppers. A pickle peppers. Peter Piper picked. Peter Piper picked a pickle pickle peppers. Where's pickle pickle peppers? Peter Piper picked. Yeah, it's not difficult. You just say the words in order. Anyway, um, so I, I did pick a peck of uh, unpickled peppers. Right. Opened them up, got to slicing, and a giant spider tried to kill me! Really? What's up? Yesterday, there was a big, crazy, not that actually that big, but not kind of weird looking spider in my peppers. What? Really? What colour was it? It was just a sort of brown. Laura said she thought it just looked like an ordinary spider, but I thought it looked like it might be a killer spider from the Australias or something. It was a John killer, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was. A John eating spider. Wow. They have sex for the John and then they bite the John's head off afterward. Did you um did you report them? I didn't I didn't know what Laura was like, oh it's just a spider John. No, no, no. I took photos. Wow, you need to upload a photo to this uh podcast. I don't because th- thousands of people will refuse to listen. <laughs> That's true. Because of the spider. <laughs> 
imagine a spider crawling down the line and through <laughs> your through your earphones and into your ear. They're even bigger than a spider. I had a slightly larger and sadder uh, home invasion today. Go on. Lucy, who is about a foot long, mm-hmm. brought into the house a live and full-sized pigeon. She's so evil. It doesn't... It's First of all, how did she get a pigeon through the cat flap? Hmm. Ha, how? Let alone that it's a cat flap that only reacts to her chip, her, uh, you know, injected chip. So she managed to somehow negotiate the pigeon through with her, Mm. through the cat flap. She then took it through every room in the house downstairs, plucking feathers from it as she went. She's such a bitch. Now, I don't think... I don't think that that Lucy inflicted the initial wound in this pigeon because the wound was enormous. Um, I could see the pigeon's heart beating. Oh, my goodness. And I don't mean through its chest. I mean through yeah. its chest. I actually saw its little heart go... Oh, dear. Inside. Um, it was very alive and very flapping around the house. I managed oh, to shoo it... I managed to shoo it out the front door where it sat on the front drive, just going, please, can I come back in and die, please? Oh, God. Uh, so I then, I didn't have, I don't have the wherewithal to kill a pigeon. I had to, when Dexter was young, I had to kill a few little uh, sparrows and things. Cats are evil. Um, but uh, I took, I, getting the pigeon in a cardboard box was, it would have been very funny to anyone watching. It was just awful to me happening. Sentence. The uh, it just every time I tried to get it, it just started flapping madly around, just wings dangling, and oh, it was just awful. I'm so glad that our cats have always been incompetent and have never <laughs> even gotten close to this. Well, this is the thing. Dexter is always Dexter is a just a Dexter was a pussy cat. He mm. would uh, he would pick f- uh, fledglings out of nests and oh, lovely. You know, and just lame, awful rubbish like that. He never actually caught anything well or impressively. Yes. He was just a scumbag when it came to that sort of stuff. And then in the last, like, two, three years of his life, he never caught anything at all. Yeah. Um, and that, bear in mind, for the new listener, he disappeared age six, so it wasn't like he was getting old or anything. Lucy, no. Lucy brought a giant frog in uh, last week, which fortunately I was able to, it survived and it was very healthy and hopped away in the garden. But it was like a proper, the biggest frog I've ever seen. It was a real monster of a thing. Um, And today, (laughs) full-size pigeon. So uh, next up, next door neighbours do have toddlers. Right. So they probably want to keep an eye out. Quite, yeah. You don't want to to have Lucy drag a toddler in and you don't see the little toddler's heart beating through the hole in his chest. Exactly, and then I'll have to take the toddler outside and break its neck. and Put it in a cardboard box. Put it in a cardboard box and drive it to the vet to be put down, as I did with the pigeon today. Did the the vet put the pigeon down? The vet did, and I know some people will think I'm a horrible coward for not just breaking its neck, but I just can't. I can't do it. I remember when I, I when I had to take out a couple of sparrows. They were bad. They were bad sparrows. They were really, you know, they were hit sparrows and mm. sparrow rapists and all sorts. And uh, um, I had to. I just used a shovel so I could like three feet away from the awful happening. Oh dear! And then I would just walk around feeling morose and 
disgusting for hours afterward. I can't, uh, f- uh, p- oh, I just couldn't. So I got it and eventually got it in the box, took it to the vet. And they said, yeah, we'll put it. And they didn't charge, which is very generous. Just that's, that's why dogs are better than cats. No, no, it's not. Dogs will absolutely attack birds. Not There's really, no not like that. that. And also they're stupid, stupid. And they bite babies' faces off. Cats don't bite babies' faces off. They wish they could. They, of course they do. They think about it. They daydream about biting babies' faces off from do- noon till dusk. Just from noon. Yes. Oh, Lucy might be the first cat successfully to bite a baby's face off once uh, your one's born. It's true. Well, we're going to give her the opportunity. Yeah, well, she'll take it. Have you, are, you look, are you excited, looking forward to being daddy? Is it real yet? It's getting there. It's very weird. What's the latest milestone-y moment? Well, 30 weeks. Mm. That's, now, I guess now, that's it. Yeah, now you know that if it's born, it pretty much is going to be okay. Well, that's the and thing. So you're screwed. So we're going, oh, two and a half months, two and a half months away. So, gosh, it's still, how is it dragging out for so long? And then uh, my next door neighbour said, so how's it going with the, with the pregnancy? And I said, oh, yeah, 30 weeks now. And she went, oh, so it could be born any, t- any time from now. <laughs> no, no, two and a half months away. Yes. Crazy lady. Yes. Oh, it's all very exciting. You haven't had your course yet, so it's not allowed to No, be. start next week. Do you? Huh? What? You disappeared. When do you start next? Um, the, the next week. Next week, the NCT starts. Oh, excellent. So you'll learn all about babies. And um, a good friend of ours is just about to start becoming a, a breast milk advisor supporter person. Yeah, we've already got. A, so we don't. I don't need Victoria who, anymore. Don't need Victoria. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but Victoria will be better than this person. She's replaced. <laughs> She's replaced with a, yeah. a newer model. Well, no. <laughs> well, in fairness, Victoria is you know uh, 150 miles away, whereas mm. this person is just down the road. So. You know, they can, they can fight it out. I'll tell you what, we'll get them together in mm-hmm. a room. Yeah. And they can fight out. They can have a, a breast breast off. Who's best at advising how to suck milk out of a booby? They can squeeze milk at each other until the uh, other one submits. I don't think either is in the, currently capable of producing milk. Oh, if they just if they just let somebody suck their boobies for a week, it'll start producing <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll arrange that for your wife and okay. my friend. Okay, and then we can have a a, a squirt off. A, squ- a squirt off, indeed. That's as technically called. Sounds good. It does it? Does doesn't it? So, how's the video games these days? Um, any good ones? Um, no, no good ones. Okay, I shan't be bothering then. There are no good games left. Okay, glad to hear that. Do I have, have heard there is this November. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a game coming out where you play a soldier. Mm-hmm. And you follow around other soldiers' bottoms. Wow, that sounds yeah. amazing. That's uh, coming out in November. That's one to look forward to. Is it called Soldiers' Bottom 10? <laughs> is it Soldiers' Bottom 10, colon, gears bottom of bottoms? Gears of shooting bottoms. <laughs> it sounds really good. It's, I'm, really, I'm really excited about it. Is there any uh, self-awareness of these people that keep producing these games that it is getting a little bit tropey? Yes, I or... think there's, their awareness is, oh, we made $2 billion with the last one, let's do that again. Yeah, right, so the fandom just doesn't care. 
I just want more of the same, please. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's more of the same, but with slight tweaks. Hmm. The, the, the success of the Call of Poopy games is, of course, not their hilarious single-player campaigns, but their multiplayer. And their multiplayer, apparently, obviously, I don't enjoy that at all. Their multiplayer is apparently well-made, so people enjoy mm. shooting other men's in the face on the internet. But can you shoot them in the bum as well? I'm sure you can shoot them in the bottom. Good, because that's what I... Otherwise, I'm not interested in it at all. Oh, did you, you... You might have heard on Twitter, certainly, I think, maybe Laura responded to... Uh, when Victoria was here with Judith, and there was a on the kiddie playground, it was quite hot, and they had a. <laughs> I did uh, hear. I saw your tweet. Yeah, they had a, a, a kiddie water feature, and an um, American woman came up to Victoria and said, "You're not American, are you?" I said, no, <laughs> what? No, why? She says, "Well, I- I- in America, that's considered gross indecency." As Judith was romping around a four-year-old with, with who she, you know, Judith decided she just took off all her clothes and said, I'm going in the fountain now. And there were lots mm-hmm. of other kids there as well. With, they're all, and this, this woman was very cross. said, really gross indecency, a four-year-old? Uh, says, well, I'm just telling you, you could be arrested. <laughs> uh, so she said, who, me or my daughter? <laughs> it's all, all, all you Christian Puritans who left, uh, who left Britain and came to America, they're still here. They they must be very old. <laughs> they are quite old, old and grisly and angry. They are hmm. furious at the sight of a four-year-old's foo-foo. And there was, there is something a little bit wrong going on at the moment. What with all these tear gassings and um, army people and the shootings and so on. It's, I was it, wondering whether I was waiting to see whether I was waiting to see whether you would take some creative angle on this and decide that it was it was all the is all the unarmed black kids fault for eating too well, many bullets well no well i mean he was he he was a robber who was in the well, wrong no, place did you wrong heard apparently the footage they released was edited and if he uh, if it continues on you see him going back and paying for them apparently mm, well whatever so it wasn't even a robber really he looked like he was roughing up the man uh, on the other side of the counter when i saw it but there you go I mean, I and, and, and his family have then said, yeah, he wasn't a saint and come out of the look. That's the yeah. point. But my point is, yeah, let's assume he was a robber. Yeah, um, sure. My point is you don't, you don't really need to shoot every robber in the back. Even in America, that's not the death penalty. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, so, yes, no, it's all, it's all of a bit. Of course, the cop who shot him didn't know about the, the robbing. No, he shot no. him for standing in the road. Yeah. Well, let's not be silly, though. Maybe maybe he did run after him and shout. You never know. He did. It does seem pretty much the case that he was shot in the top of the head execution style, so that's nice. But, but to be fair, that's what the... Aren't they trained to do that? I don't, believe they, are, I don't believe they are trained to shoot people in the top of the head as they kneel down begging not to die. Ah, uh, but is that what was happening? Well, it's hard to imagine a scenario where someone's on their knees and you can shoot down the top of the head and out of the chin but then you have a uh, you have a very interesting question here are you really saying that in broad daylight a policeman decided to end his career and possibly be thrown in prison for no apparent reason i think it was broad nightlight but um, no it was in the day really yeah well it did i mean there's no question about the, the the autopsy findings they seem to be on record as being that way I mean, why did this policeman suddenly decide, you know what, I'm going to commit murder now in front of witnesses and I'm going to prison? Why did he do that? Well, if, if, he, if he was con- conscious of reality, he would have known he was going to be fine. 
I can do this and get away with it. Turns out that was true. Mm. And maybe that, maybe when your police force is, is, has develops, you know, when he actually could, he did, he did do this and did get away with it and isn't, you know, there aren't, don't seem to be any consequences. <clears throat> yes, he was right to assume that was the case. Hmm. Sounds a bit odd to know. me. Sounds a bit too simplistic. There must be something deeper going on here. It, yeah, but it, and even if there, but as you're saying, even if there is, mm. doesn't quite justify the response. Well, I, 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 I agree. Um, it's a pity that they then had to go around looting and smashing things up. That's not really. Not they, you say you can't say they. A few have done that. All the black people in America. All That's blacks. all I was saying, John. All you you blacks, took it the wrong way. The black ones. <laughs> Every single black person in America, including the president, just yes. see Obama smashing and grabbing a telly. I saw, and I CNN has been especially egregious in their abysmal coverage of this story. Oh, does anybody um, still watch CNN? That's quite... <laughs> since they uh, since they Pierce Morganed up, mm. um, even though they got rid of him now. But mm. uh, yes, yeah, so there have been. I mean, there have been protests outside CNN's headquarters. So abysmal has their has their coverage been. Um, but I did see a nice someone a picture of a, there's a picture from Ferguson of a of a black guy handing a white police officer a rose through the window of the car, the window of the mm-hmm. police car, and uh, they and right. it, it says CNN reports um, how uh, a black man tries to cut a policeman's fingers off with the rose thorns. <laughs> That's pretty much how Very how fun. they're approaching this scenario. It's what's most this. disconcerting is the, uh, the just the number of reporters who have had their lives threatened for for being out there. It's yeah. a bit bit a bit scary. You got we well, you know we we are uh, rightly uh, condemning IS for having beheaded a reporter, but meanwhile the cops in America are constantly threatening to shoot reporters <clears> in the face. That's their favourite phrase. I will shoot you in the face. They like to say. I don't think they will. I've heard that on record. I saw a video of cops screaming, "I'll shoot you in the face." Hmm. I, I I had a very good idea yesterday, and Judge Coxcomb agreed with it. What we should do is flood all of the middle of America, so that America's basically like a bagel. Continent. All the red bits. I've just flood the middle, and then that could be the like a. Bits, yeah. It can be the equivalent of like the Mediterranean, and people can have little cruises between <laughs> between the bagel bits. Don't you think that's a good idea? Should we just do that? Well, I've noticed there is a direct correlation between um, whether you vote Republican and how far you are from the sea. Mm. So if you look at the the voting maps, it's always the coastal states that vote that vote blue, that vote Democrat, and the in the internal states that vote red. Um, and I can't help but wonder if that's a a perspective thing. If you if you live nearer the sea, you have a consciousness that there's a country outside of your own. Maybe well, it's not just the sea. For example, Minnesota, where my brother lives, which is north, Midwest North, um, but that's next to a very very big lake. And I do need them Democrat. to rename the Midwest because it's not in not west. No, I don't the like the Midwest. Yeah, it's rubbish. Doesn't make any sense. It's in, it's in the middle. Let's get rid of that. Just call it just, mid. Just call it mid because it's not west and it's silly to call it that. But yeah, the lakes up there are beautiful. And I, yes, indeed, if you go to if you just go to Chicago, the uh, the lake is so huge. It's essentially the sea. You've got beaches. Yeah. And so oh, I went. I, I went to the Niagara Falls. I saw I saw a photograph taken by your wife, and only only the male Hileys would take a photograph at Niagara Falls of someone's shirt near the near the falls, but not the falls themselves. Yes, well, everybody's seen the falls. I haven't seen my. That's true. It's, I, I it's a very good shirt. 
Victoria sewed it. She sewed that one. I can't believe it. It looks like a proper shirt, what you'd buy out of a shop sewn together by tiny children's. It is. She's almost as good as a slave child now. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Oh, I was genuinely very impressed by the shirt. It's a, it's a good shirt. I mean, she could go into business, although it would be very unprofitable since it takes <laughs> about three, three days to make. Yeah. Well, it's no, no, because and... then they're artisan shirts and she can sell them for £1,000 each. Oh, oh yes. What's it called? It's couture, isn't it? Indeed. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't think it counts as couture unless you've got like feathers coming out the back of your shirt. But very easy. I could get a mop uh, or feather duster and then sew stuff on. There you That's go. Fine. That's a good idea. There I've watched enough Project Runway to know what couture is. Yeah, but uh, RuPaul's Drag Race does the same thing, so it's basically the same programme. It's basically, so, yeah. this, it's basically the same, and, the, and one's presented by the terrifying Heidi Klum Terminator yeah. woman. Except I think that on RuPaul's Drag Race, they're, they're, they're more realistic women. That's a mean thing to say. I've watched lots of Project Runway, and, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's genuinely... I haven't, I haven't seen it much since it moved to Lifetime. When it was a Bravo show, genuinely a really good, fun show, and loads of lovely contestants. And Heidi Klum's brilliant. She's, she's really good to host because she's genuinely unsettlingly frightening when she uh, tells people they've been eliminated. Oh, good. That sounds good. And you've got Michael Kors, who is very interestingly bitchy man he's fun he's very good he's always a good judge and there was nina someone who was the other judge i don't know if any of them are still on it and then tim gunn with whom i am deeply in love who was tim gunn he's a tall beautiful fashion designer man and he's possibly the gayest human alive oh he's really just, he's just he's wonderfully eloquent and and clever and and beautifully spoken he's what the most wonderful voice didn't Santino Rice also used to do Be a Judge? I don't know that name. Because I think he used to be, and then he, again, he moved to... Oh, no, I think he was a He's got a very deep voice. I think he was a contestant. Hey, Santino. Yes. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? The internet I learned, I learned everything about fashion watching that show. I know anything. Ask me a question about fashion, I'll answer it. Okay, I'll ask you about the fashion. What are the proper names of the... Uh, foot gloves made of leather. They are shoes. Wow. You there do you go. know. Do one more, one more. Okay, one more. Um, what is the name of the uh, fashion garment worn particularly in Victorian and possibly Edwardian times to make your bottom look bigger? That would be a hat. A bustle. A hat. Oh, right, you shove a hat down your pants. No, you just pop it on your head. It's a weird perspective thing. <laughs> I see. Lovely. Oh, talking about clothes and so on, has Laura been enjoying finding maternity wear? Oh, yes. It's, the, 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 it's more that she's just so spoiled for choice. <laughs> the sheer abundance <clears throat> of it. Of elegant stuff. I think it is in the very end... strange. So I've been shopping with her for this, and you go into Debenhams, which is you know seventeen stories and yeah. thousands of separate departments, and then the maternity department is this tiny, embarrassed corner. It makes the men's section look mm. like a like look like look like an atrium of paradise for shoes and clothes. Yeah, it's it's tiny, like like a like I think I said okay, this is just the for this section, right? Where's the no? This is it, and then mm. they only sell. They only sell maternity clothes for tall people. Oh, yeah. This isn't a joke. This is common mm. across all sh- shops. <laughs> only tall people are allowed to get pregnant. Well, everybody else can put on a sack. <laughs> That's right. It was mm. really strange. So the, the trousers only came in long. It was the only mm. available size in a number of shops. 
That is odd. I feel like I'm not an expert, but mm-hmm. I feel like some not tall people do sometimes get pregnant. And there well, may be a market out there to sell them something to put on their legs. Well, the fact that some not tall people continue to be born suggests that, yes. <laughs> yes, they haven't quite been eliminated. Yeah, oh well. See, I'm breeding with a short. I'm only perpetuating the problem. Yes, you are. And worse, she's a, a Midlander. Oh. Midland. But she's been, she's been in, the, in God's south of the country for a good few years now, about ten years. Right. And I'm obviously, I'm from Surrey, mm. so that counters quite a lot of it out genetically. And also Wales. No, I'm not from Wales. My father is from Wales, but I am from Guildford. Guildford. Oh, Guildford. talking about genetics and epigenetics, I went to a very interesting talk at the AHS about epigenetics, and mm-hmm. more and more research is showing that um, we, you know, we, we consider ourselves as old as the, the days that, that we were born until now, or if we're being precise, you know, from, from conception. Conception, sure. But, but obviously, we forget that we existed molecularly for, um, in, in a coherent and effectable uh, germ state for many, many decades before that. In a sense, you were, you were formed sometime in the 30s or 40s because, of course... Oh, shut up. Shut what up, she, What is she killed now? Um, Daddy, I've brought you a horse. For, because you must, re- you must remember that the egg that produced you yes. was formed in your grandmother's womb. I, your mother, the egg that, that, that became you was formed in your grandmother's womb in your mother. And those eggs remained with their germ cell until it was fertilized and became you. And so, so basically epigenetic things that affected your grandmother uh, can affect you today. But my, the, the other half of me is only a few days old. No, not quite at all, because um, your father... When he produced sperm, they can be up to 70 days. Uh, they, they, they can last up to that length of time. And if, for example, and, and this woman made a very useful point, she said, you know, a lot of women are told, don't try and get pregnant when you're taking this particular medication. It could be counterindicated and so on. Right. But, she says, but she says, in a sense, it's even worse for men because most of the damage, frankly, was already done by your, in your grandmother's womb when the egg was formed. For, for that side of the germline, that's when the epigenetic damage would have been done largely. And then also there's another window open at conception. Um, but for your father, she, she, what really annoyed her, this doctor, was she said, there are plenty of doctors who don't say to men, don't father children in the next 70 days because of this particular medicine you're taking. Nobody ever thinks of that, that's going to affect their sperm production for that period of time. Uh, so what I've taken from this... Is that I was once up my grandma's fanny. You were, you were once, you were one, uh, a, an important part of your blueprint, important yeah. part of the molecular reality that makes you, you was once up your granny's fanny. Yes. <laughs> and, and if she, and, and where this makes sense is they, they, the, this woman, for example, she found there were certain problems that her children had. And she looked back at the birth records of her mother and so on and found out that her grandmother had taken a specific sort of uh, medication that was given at the time to try and prevent um, miscarriages, which subsequently have been known to have epigenetic effects right down the line. So her children are affected by a medicine that her grandmother took. That's it. My mum 
My mum was given an, an anti-sickness med. Yeah. Uh, not thalidomide. I was just too late for that. Um, that has since been banned when she was pregnant with me. Oh, excellent. That would explain why you came up with three heads. That's true, and such dazzling personality. And it might, that might also explain epigenetically why your baby's going to be born with the ability to see through walls. Oh, I hope so. I hope he's got at least one superpower. He probably will have a superpower. He'll have the power of disdain. Very few <laughs> of us have it. Yes. When Oh, you're having a baby shower, aren't you? Apparently, yes. Everybody on Rum Doings is welcome to it. Absolutely, just turn up. Yeah, and you know when it is because you've been monitoring all our email anyway. So, you know, just read the email. Come when you want. We don't come when you want. Come when it starts. Be polite. Yeah, be polite. Um, And bring a present. How many presents do you hope to get from this this, this cynical affair? I hope to get a thousand presents. Okay. We don't really... We've been given... Because my sister's got uh, two kids, eight and six. We don't... We don't need anything because we've been given it all by her. Yeah. Have you been given a pram yet? Yes. All right. So you basically don't need anything. Well, not a pram. We've got a, an elaborate buggy pram transformer <laughs> yes. that weighs 4,000 tons. And you'll use it three times and you'll actually buy some cheapo little foldy thing, which you'll use yes. the rest of the time. That's yeah. right. That's the rule. <laughs> that is the rule. Mm. Oh, and my parents brought has brought us a car. Not a real one, but close. Oh, God. It's a remote-controlled car that's big enough for a toddler to sit in. And drive And then you can drive them around. It's fantastically loud. There's actually a switch inside, which means they can take over and drive it with the pedal and wheels themselves when they're old oh, enough. Oh, good. And it's got a thing you can plug your MP3 player into. Ridiculous. That's menace. <laughs> It's insane. My parents are insane. They are. They're literally in the same. They're swimming around in a Parisian river as we speak. It's true. It's a fact. Yes. My mum's retired now. My dad retires next year. So they're just going to be permanent babysitters for us. Oh, that's good. It's useful to have that, actually. It's only a two and a half hour drive for them to pop over. I'll tell them just to move in next door. Okay. Okay. Is that sorted out now? Yeah, that's done. They've just moved in. Okay. Hello. That's good. Right. Okay, right, we need we... to stop. We've gone on for far too long. Yes, yeah, so we talked about all sorts of nonsense. Shall we say goodbye? Okay, I'll, I'll say goodbye, and then you say goodbye, okay? Okay. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Nick.